In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Um, I'm going to be desperately, desperately disappointed when we record Botch Along later this week with uh, JLB and I because I watched a much worse botch tonight. We're not going to get into politics, but um, holy crap. So yeah, my brain is just fried. Speaking of JLB, we are joined by our Canadian brethren, RCMP JLB. What's going on, man? It goes on and on just like that debate did with no (laughs) sense of accomplishment. And, uh, you know, I feel dumb for watching that entire debate, but I feel smarter now with talking with you both two fine gentlemen. And I'm ready to make some fantasy up with our fantasy booking show. I'm good. Awesome. Before we get into the fantasy booking, I always like to remind people that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnisco Podcast Network, so make sure to check out the other shows on the network. Uh, Head over to tatnisco.com, click on Network, and you can see them all there, and then come back here to listen to our next show. If you are new to this particular show, the premise is simple. We take turns challenging each other to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of pro wrestling. We don't discuss these in advance, so the answers are going to be made up on the spot. Um, So make sure to like, share, and subscribe before we get into it so that um, other people know about this and so that you get notified when we post new episodes right away. Yay! Yay. Made up on the spot. That sounds familiar. Yeah, made up on the spot. Um, (sighs) So we're just going to go ahead and get into the fantasy booking and... Um, I, I've got a doozy of one, so I'll let you guys decide whether you want me to just get it out of the way now, or... If JLB will agree to go first on yours, we'll make yours the last one. Uh, okay. Fair enough. That was going to agree. So I will go last, so who wants to go first? I can go first if JLB wants me to. Yeah, you certainly can, buddy. Okay. So, last night on Raw, we had a plethora of not premium women. <laughs> not, oh God, that's that's a horrible thing to say. Yep. Uh, not well-known female competitors. Not, uh, not revered female competitors. That's the best way to put that. Um, they're still good. They're just not revered. Um, and so, what I would like the two of you to do is select three women that you would put in a triple threat number one contenders match uh, from either brand and um, and uh, but they have to be people that nobody nobody currently would really think of them as title competitors or the vast majority of people would not think of them as title competitors so JLB this gives you your opportunity to have Mrs. Uso involved hey um so it's gonna be a triple threat 
and it yep. has to the raw book the match book book how it goes book who wins um, book what title they're going for but you can use an amalgam of any any uh, WWE based WWE WWE uh, oh, WWE WWE anyway so um, I mean no, no, I do I do like the tag team though of Mandy and Dana Brooke that we did see on Raw. So I thought that in itself was an interesting uh, combination to put together a nice little duo. I don't know how good they'll do. And uh, to be fair, I don't remember Mandy necessarily being that great of a wrestler, although I think she's technically better than Dana, but Dana's more athletic than Mandy. Um, But that's neither here nor there. I really... Honestly, though, if we're picking, I guess, future to B stars in JLB's opinion, as a triple threat, I would kind of really like to see. Um, well, first of all, can I pick Sonia Deville? She's not really there anymore, and no one really considered her necessarily as a a top female competitor. She's never held the title. That's it. So um, I really like Sonya Deville. I like everything essentially about her, aside the fact that she's like not straight. Maybe I would have liked her been straight, but in terms of wrestling and character-wise, and Mike's somebody has a crush. Teeny tiny. Um, definitely Sonya Deville. I think honestly, um, she really showcased. She really, I feel, is the jack. She's the jack of all trades when it comes to Mike's skills uh persona and uh she really has like i really feel like she could do something really good with shinga um and really be like a crazy shoot fight if you will sort of deal so sonya is definitely one of my people i want to see in a triple threat um along i also really have liked Dana Brooke, but I don't know. I don't see them. I just feel like her wrestling isn't up to par with everybody else. Uh, and she's kind of, she's, I don't know, she never doesn't have a good storyline ever going on. But so, no, no, Dana. I was thinking Dana, but I don't know. So, Sunny Deville for sure is uh, one of my go tos. Um, give me Lacey Evans, man. Lacey Evans hasn't held the title. Hey, wait, has she? Nope, no. she's been in a, quite a few matches, programs, I should we say, around the title, but never won it. Never won it. So, Sonia versus Lacey. Um, it would more be, and you know what? This Between these two, there would be a lesbian whole angle here. Uh, Lacey would be saying Sonia isn't proper. They wouldn't necessarily mention the lesbianism because then WWE would get like sued and fined, and Lacey Evans would get like a whole bunch of like hate mail. Um, but she would just always mention that Sonia isn't proper, and that she's or she's just a little nasty kind of thing. You know what I mean? Without really going into detail, because no one else can then blame them for what she's talking about. But uh, that would be nice. The third person for making it a triple. It's definitely not Natalia. I'll tell you that much. Um, it's definitely not going to be Lana either. I really do like Mia Yim, though. You, uh, you mean um, Reckoning or or Retaliation? I don't remember which one she is. I think she's Reckoning, Reckoning Retaliation, Mia Yim. All right. 
um, who apparently has COVID now because all of Retribution is uh, is uh, not able to be on Raw for the next two weeks. So there is that. But I think she's she hasn't had the no, she definitely hasn't had the NXT title. Um, yeah, so I, I think that would be a nice uh, that would be a good uh, cluster of legit future female superstars who can get the title. Um, man. See, I didn't mention anything with Ruby or with um, what's her name? Ruby and... Are, oh are my you li- Live and- Morgan? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Liv Morgan. I don't know, man. Like, I really like her as well. It's just her promos really threw me off with the whole um, self-production of me and self-esteem me kind of thing. She was really bad at those. And she just never really improves as a wrestler, in my opinion. Um, she had that one good match with Flair, and I was like, oh, snap. But I realized, I was soon to realize that it was just Flair doing everything. Um, so, yeah, those are going to be my three. I was going to put Liv Morgan in there, but honestly, she hasn't improved enough in all the years that she's been there. And they're still not doing anything with the Riot Squad. So maybe Vince uh, is up to something there. So, yeah, Sonny DeVille. Uh, uh, Son- Jesus. You my people? Sonny DeVille. Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans and Mia Yim. Triple threat. The whole feud between Sonya Deville and Lacey Evans is Lacey Evans doesn't like her because she isn't a proper woman due to the fact that she likes going out with women. Uh, She doesn't know how to treat a man. That's going to be a whole thing. Sonya Deville, um, I don't know how she, uh, not Sonya, but Mia Yim, I don't know how she would get involved, but she just thinks both of them are trash if we're using her retribution type of style. Um, and just wants to be the dominant woman of the WWE kind of ordeal. Um, yeah, not really a great storyline, but those three, I think, honestly, should be looked into more. Unfortunately, I don't think this retribution angle is going to go anywhere, though. So I think Mia Yin is just going to be another NXT superstar that wasn't used. But Sonya Deville should definitely be your top star. I have total confidence in Sonya Deville. And hopefully when she does come back, she's randomly not put into another freaking storyline with Mandy Rose um, and put into Raw for some reason. But uh, I'm really up for Sonya Deville to, uh, to take the cake and be your next true face of WWE. Step away, Becky Lynch. When you're after you're done being a mama, Sonya Deville is uh, is the top dog now. She's gonna be the next man, and that's all there is to it. JLB does not imply, ladies, that you're ever done being a mama. He's never had kids. He just the right verbiage isn't available for what he was trying to say about Becky there. Oh, back, oh thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're never done being a mama. As soon as you get the news that you are to become a mother, that is not only a full-time job, but an all-time job, and it never stops. So just, you know, done being, taking a break from being a mama in the sense of you have someone taking care of him at home while you go wrestle some people in a wrestling ring. But she won't have to... She won't have to come back anytime soon because Sonya Deville will be filling her spot because uh, Sonya Deville is that awesome and she should be done filming her movie already. So, Sonya Deville, get back into some wrestling because uh, 
I feel like she might even do something with this whole fiend situation just to kind of get her away from everything. Well, obviously the Mandy thing is done anyways, but getting away from Ziggles, which he's on Raw too, so that already gets rid of that. But I don't know. I could see her do something in the whole fiend situation and maybe her going after Bliss or perhaps her teaming up with Bliss. But uh, either way, it's always going to lead with Sonya Deville taking the cake and being the top so, of the brand. So to clarify, you have Sonya Deville winning this triple threat. Yes. And it's the challenge for which title? Uh, well, it would be for the women's. Well, what title, what title is she going to challenge for? Well, oh. there's three women's titles in WWE. Four if you count the tags. Well, it's going to be the... It is going to be the SmackDown title. So I guess Bailey would have to be in there if you want to make it legit. Um, Because honestly, I feel like everything in Raw is just meh. And I don't want to deprive Sonya Deville of going to Raw and facing for now what I consider a minor league title. No offense, Asuka, you're awesome. But your brand is complete trash and garbage. And I don't care for anything that's happening in that brand. No offense to Drew either, I guess. But it's just... SmackDown is where it's at. SmackDown is the true A brand now. So uh, I'd rather Sony Deville stay on the A brand and uh, beat Bailey. Because uh, if I have to hear one more time that Bailey is the uh, champion, the longest champion for 300 and some odd days, or I think it's 400 now, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow a gasket. So yeah, that's my story. So sorry, Fair guys. Enough. Interrupted at all. So. So I have open, so my fault. Yeah. No, it's okay. So, so I have a clarification question. Clarification. You said any WWE uh, roster, correct? Yeah, you, you can combine rosters. They're just gonna battle to get a tie to go after a title shot on whatever roster you're choosing. Okay. So you can actually take it, hypothetically, if you wanted to take Naomi from SmackDown, and you wanted to take. We'll say Mia Yim from Raw, and you wanted to take um, Shotzi Blackheart from NXT. You could take all three from different brands, put them contending to go after a particular title. Okay. I just wanted to, to verify that uh, NXT played into this properly. Okay. So um, I am going to be doing a what's the best way to word it? Win your shot challenge for lack of a better term. Uh, it is going to be three people pulled over from the gold brand um, to, uh, and I'm looking here, and I think I'm going to pull them over to SmackDown because, officially speaking, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, there are 18 women on the Raw roster. There's 18 women on the Raw roster? And only nine on the SmackDown roster listed currently now sonia deville's not listed on either right now because she's air quotes out of wwe so that would put it at 10 for smackdown total but there are a lot more on the raw roster right now officially now there are a bunch that aren't appearing it's right just now. that the top of the card isn't as strong on the raw yeah. roster with the exception of oscar mm-hmm and the, the, there, there are some that haven't been appearing. Of course, Becky Lynch being one of them. Uh, Charlotte Flair's uh, out for a while. Um, you know, uh, Bianca Belair hasn't been wrestling, but she's been doing her little I'm embarrassing the other people 
gimmick, stuff like that. Mickey James recently just came back and then got buried. Um, but so I'm putting them on SmackDown. This is this is a win your spot challenge on SmackDown. It is three gold brand wrestlers, and I'm being very, very um, specific by saying gold brand. Um, it is going to be Zia Lee, Chelsea Green. I dig this so much right now. Go on. And Tony Storm. Nice. Oh, yeah. pulling in a little bit of Europe. I get you. Yeah, it's still gold brand. Um, so it, it these are going to be three people, three women called into SmackDown on a win your shot uh, challenge. I Triple am surprised threat. that you didn't have Shotzi Blackheart in this with as much of a fan of her as you are. I thought about it, but I, I'm trying to to stay true to the um, not top tier concept. Okay. Um, and I'm bending it a bit with Tony Storm because she's considered top tier for NXT UK, um, former champion there. But I specifically avoided Candice LeRae because I'm a big fan of Candice LeRae. I specifically avoided Candice um, LeRae's a short while away from her women's title. It could be, it could be Saturday. Yeah, I specifically avoided Tegan Knox. I'm a huge fan of her, but I think she's uh, uh, hot shotting towards the the women's title there. I specifically avoided Io Shirai because officially she's not a champion on the air quotes main roster. But I tried to stay true to it. About the only one I really wanted to put Casey Catanzaro in there because I really get a kick out of her. But I'm getting a kick right now of her in the tag team with Caden Carter. They do some really wonderful quick hit tag team maneuvers that I want to keep her in there. So, um, And then the simple fact is, I, I'm just going to be blunt. This is really a uh, a gimmick to get Tony Storm on the blue brand so we see her more often. Um, that's really what it all comes down to. She's going to be the one who wins the triple threat and takes a shot at uh, Bailey. And uh, frankly, I kind of think they pull a page with her um, and have her win it. Shotgun straight to the top of the card. Um, I think the other two, Zaylee and Chelsea Green, both stay around on the blue brand um, and fill that out a lot more. But I think this is this is the perfect opportunity to bring Tony Storm in, showcase her in one match, and then have her win the championship in in the follow up match. Yes, Tony Storm is awesome though. I would really love to see her on SmackDown. Yes. I find it interesting neither of you decided to strengthen the top of the card for Raw though. You know, I I thought about it and I agree that the Raw card is is really week i mean you and i were actually even talking when raw was going on and i was like are you kidding me dana brooke i mean it was like a blonde bomb in the in the ring lana and natalia like oh god but here's the deal like like jlb said becky lynch is going to eventually likely come back from maternity leave she'll maybe be on a little bit more limited of a basis for a while uh, as she figures out how to split time, but she's still going to be top of the card. I think they've already got Bianca Belair set up as a potential top of the card. I yeah. think Charlotte Flair is going to be back at some point, and she's, of course, top of the card. Um, I have a feeling they really see Peyton Royce as, as future champion material, 
and there can be debate over that, but I I feel like they've got her at the top of the card. And then, you know, you go through, Shayna Baszler deserves to be at the top of the card. I think Ruby Riot deserves to be at the top of the card, whether she is or not. Um, I, I I know I went off on, on uh, Zelina Vega getting the uh, title shot at Clash of Champions, and then again at Raw, because I think she was put into the title position a picture too early but that doesn't mean i don't think she belongs in the title picture eventually i just right. think it was one of those things they didn't build her up enough right but then you go to smackdown and you've got alexa bliss who's been just kind of floundering around for months now De- belongs at the top of the card but isn't at yeah the top of the i mean she's held she's held the title enough to be called top of the card though but they're not treating her as top of the card right now. No. Yeah, and they haven't been for a hot minute, so. Yeah. You've got Bailey, you've got Sasha Banks, and that's about it for what I would call top of the card. Carmella is a former champion, but we haven't seen her in forever. She's probably the vignettes they're showing. Um, We've talked about that before. She's like 900% that those vignettes, but that still doesn't mean that they're putting her top of the card yet. Right. Ember Moon's out and has never been considered top of the card on air quotes main roster, but should. Be. But she definitely deserves to be. Mm-hmm. And so, but but they're they're just a little bit weaker on the top. I mean, uh, uh, Tamina. No, nobody's meaner than Tamina. <laughs> and that's why when when thinking about this, I went down and I looked at at NXT and I was like, Aaliyah, yeah, whatever. Right. But then Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Rhea Ripley, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, Zia Lee. They have a a bunch of women. They have a stacked mid-card and top-card. How is Rhea Ripley not on one of the main rosters yet? Because they totally effed up her run as champion. They fettered a Charlotte for no reason whatsoever. And... Yeah, that's true. About the only thing I feel bad about it is the idea of taking Tony Storm away from NXT UK. Because don't get me wrong, they've got some some good wrestlers there. I'm just not as familiar with a lot of them. I like Kaylee Ray. I like Piper Niven. Uh, Zaya Brookside's kind of fun. I'm I'm not super familiar with with Isla Dawn. I don't know Ginny offhand. I don't know Nina Samuels. Uh, I I don't know uh, Miss Valkyrie. I'm not even going to try to say her first name. It's I'm assuming either Welsh or Gaelic. Um, there's only one consonant out of five letters. I, I, it's A O I F E. It 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 very easily could be iffy. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so taking Tony Storm away from that uh, wouldn't be the best thing. I think they could uh, beef that up. But frankly, I think WWE would be better off rolling WWE or NXT UK into regular NXT. Um, yeah, you know why that hasn't been done yet? Well, I guess because of COVID. But uh, that kind of certainly delayed the process. Um, but yeah, just... Don't make too which many. Change their travel schedule to just two places, mm-hmm. and and take over. Yeah. yeah. But anywho, that's what I would do. So, uh, you know, it, I mean, 
simple fact is it would be a banger of a match. I mean, yeah. can you imagine the match that Zia Lee... Yeah, sadly, Chelsea Green's the weak link here. Like, I kind of wish you to put Tegan Knox in that. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I really thought about Tegan Knox, but I don't know. Well, first of all, I'm a little worried because they're doing an injury angle that may be a legitimate injury, but may not be. I'm not sure. They really do like to focus on injury angles with Tegan Knox on her knees. Yes. That was the Dakota Kai thing. That's, that's it now. Well, I mean, she has had to have two separate knee surgeries for... I think it was ACL both times. It's either ACL yeah. or ACL. I can't remember. Um, but that's the deal is is they're doing an injury angle with her now that her, her knee hurt again. But I have not been able to confirm that it's an angle. So it might be a shoot. I don't know. And that makes me very concerned because, frankly, coming back from two ACL surgeries uh, is kind of miraculous enough to come back from a third I don't know if she's got a career ahead of her if, if it's legit. You know what I mean? So. Mm. Yeah. Well, she'll have a career ahead of her. I mean, she could easily do commentary and 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 side stuff or manager or. Yeah, but with just, with her, it, it wouldn't be the career that we wanted from her. With her accent, she'd be stuck on the uh, Irish announce table. <laughs> she's like, I'm not that even Irish. Just... I'm fucking Welsh. <laughs> that, one, that one was so badly destroyed that they never returned it. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, jeez. I don't know if we need another one of those. I, I did want to mention, I, I really like your idea on Zelina Vega because I think in the long haul, that she definitely has the skill set. If you've watched matches with her, or just times where she's done, you know, the the Hurricane Ranas to, um, to male wrestlers or anything, she's phenomenal. She, I mean, her semi-lucha style is really great. I only remember her Hurricane Ranas is my issue. Well, because because they haven't they haven't built her up enough, right? Yeah. If, if the simple fact, if they would have had her split from Andrade and then go on a two or three month long run in solos and then gave her a shot at the belt, they could have built her up. But it literally was two weeks. She split and then she comes out the next week and wins a shot at the belt. Mm. Yeah, it, it's the same thing they did with Lacey Evans. Mm-hmm. Pushed way too hard, way too fast. There's not a one of us on, on on this podcast who doesn't say that Lacey Evans doesn't have a great future, but that she was not pushed way too fast. Yeah, she was on. pushed like right at the start of her career, technically. Right at the start right. of, of the main roster. Of the main, the main roster. roster. And Rather. she never won the NXT championship. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I don't know. like That's when they I, were still calling NXT not a third brand. Right. And here's the thing, too, right? So the fact... Because I also feel like Lacey Evans' whole character, although I love what she does with it, is getting a tad bit stale. It's kind of maybe run its course. Like, I still don't mind it, but it's like, I don't want... Maybe that's why it didn't work, because maybe... Her with this character doesn't work as getting, uh, uh, you know, the woman's title kind of situation. I think maybe switching her character up with something different might be more advantageous for her. Because maybe her is what's holding her back. I think it works. Uh, I think the word nasty gets a little old really fast. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Really fast. So. 
I don't even remember this. Did you know Lacey Evans originally went under the name Macy Estrella? I did know that somehow. I don't know how I knew that, but I did know that. Somehow or another, I didn't know that. So she appeared on NXT first in October of 2016. I'm trying to find the first time she went by Lacey Evans was April 19th of 2017. It appears, yeah. In a number one contender battle royal at a house, no, at a NXT TV show. Um, man, that, I almost want to go back and find that. Aaliyah versus Bianca Belair versus Billy Kay versus Candice LeRae versus Ember Moon versus oh, wow. Kimberly Frankelly versus Lacey Evans versus Liv Morgan or Live Morgan. Could be either. Um, or versus Nikki Cross versus Peyton Royce versus Rachel Ellering versus Ruby Riot versus Sonya Deville versus Victoria Gonzalez. What kind of match is this? Battle Royal. Oh, Battle Royal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that does and sound like awesome. FYI, though. Victoria Gonzalez is Raquel Gonzalez. Oh. But yeah, what? <laughs> you don't say. April of 2017 is when she debuted as Lacey Evan. When did she make the jump to the main roster? Air quotes, main roster. Um, da, da, da. Royal Rumble of 2019. So she was on NXT for almost two years as Lacey Evans before she appeared at... Uh, did she have that proper woman gimmick there too? Um, Yeah... It was, it was definitely more based off of her service in NXT. Like, you know, is trying to trying to think of the best way to describe it. Marine, like privileged. Well, me, cause I was it, the- it was more like uh, 1940s World War II era woman sort of a thing. Um, who also had served, but she, yeah, she was a proper woman, but wanted to go back to the good old days. When America was great. Again. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh, it's horribly cheesy. Yep, yeah, that's that, that's my go-to. That's that's what I do best. Horribly cheesy stuff. But yeah, so she debuted at the Royal Rumble in 2019 on uh, main roster. And then she won the Raw Women's number one contender match April 15th of 2019. So three months after debuting on the main roster, she became the number one contender. Wow. Too soon. Uh, without really being the number one contender because she hadn't had any matches except for that one. That was her well, first match. That was the deal. Is Yeah, she uh, was in the Royal Rumble. Dark match on SmackDown, so it didn't actually uh, one match on main event. Then house show, house show, house show, house show, house show, house show, all house shows up until that Raw number one contenders match versus Natalia. Wow. So yeah, it was literally her first match on Raw. She became the number one contender. <laughs> Damn. So. Damn. Damn. Anyways, uh, yeah. So Tony Storm wins the SmackDown Championship because she's awesome and uh, I'm good at booking. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Spoken like a true Vince McMahon. That's good S word. <laughs> so JLB, what's your challenge? So, um, in light of animals passing, 
uh, who we did find out now who did die of natural causes at the age of 60 years old. Um, I was kind of more in my tag team bag and would kind of like you to book um, greatest of all time tag team, I don't know, battle royale or tournament. Uh, I didn't really get that far, so uh, I don't want to make it too long because like uh, But maybe your best fatal four-way tornado tag team of all time against each other. Okay, so four tag teams, tornado tag team style, uh, best of all time. Yeah, well, obviously that you consider a festival. Yes. I was going to say who have died, but I thought that might be too cryptic and wrong. So, of all time, best tactics. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I could go ahead and go first on this, because I think I can get four uh, pretty quickly here. Um, so, uh, first tag team, Steiner Brothers. Um, just out, out the gate. They're probably overall my favorite tag team of all time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, at awesome. the very least, they're up there. Yeah. And you're old, so that makes sense. Yes. Steiner Brothers, number one. What would you say, just out of curiosity, best Steiner Brothers match? Ooh, that's tough. That no, is tough. Don't don't think too much about it. The first one that comes to mind when I say, "What was your one of your most favorite Steiner Brother matches?" Well, what comes to your head? Don't even think about it. It's. It's it's so tough because I'm not even familiar with a lot of their their biggest matches because yeah, they were really big in New Japan. Right. But what made you remember them? When you think Steiner Brothers, you're thinking of a certain matchup. It's in your head. What was that phenomenal uh, that turned you in? I, I got to be honest. I, I don't have a single match. It's like just literally every time they came out, I was excited to see them. Yeah. Um, Kind of like Trump's favorite Bible verse. Yeah, yeah. them all. Yeah, I just I just love them all. <laughs> it's just open it up and point to one my favorite, and then the other one's my favorite. Um, I mean they they had matches over over time against uh, Legion of Doom uh, that definitely would be worth paying attention to. Uh, so think like that probably but god there's so many i mean they spent years in japan and oh jason there we go what go on <laughs> so so they spent years in japan but i mean even then they, they were in wwe for a while fatu and samu versus uh, the steiner brothers that's guaranteed to be a barn burner i mean any one of these Especially with those hard-hitting ones like Legion of Doom or the Wild Samoans, um, those are always going to be going to be big ones. But I I literally don't know if there's like um, a match that I can say is my favorite. It's just like every time they came out, I was like, I'm down for this. I'm here. Um, I'm on cage match right now, and I'm looking, and their top-rated match looks like it was. Um, an eight-man tag: Barry Windham, Larry Zabisco, Ric Flair, and Sid Vicious versus Flying Brian, uh, Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner, and Sting. I'm betting that was at a pay-per-view. I'm betting that was one of the 
War Games was that? Probably. But, yep, Lively War Games War 91. Games. So, um, but that's that's considered their best. But if we if we take that out because it was an eight man, and we just go, you know, I think next highest rated one uh, is a New Japan Hiroshi, Hiroshi Hase and Keiji Muto versus the Steiner Brothers. Um, if we're going off like star ratings, uh, the War Games is a five star match, but they've got one, two, three, four, four, four and a half star Meltzer matches, a bunch of four and a quarter star matches. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. They, they were always, like, my favorite coming out. So, Steiner okay. Brothers, number one. Uh, Legion of Doom, number two. They would be in this. I, I don't think you could make an argument that they don't belong on on any best tag teams of, of modern wrestling, at the very least, list, right? Um, three and four are going to be the tougher ones. I... I think um, the new new rockers. The new new rockers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Or the Go new on. new 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 rockers. The new the new. Um, I mean, it at the time you could make have made an argument for uh, Shawn Michaels and um, Marty Janetti, but I don't know if I'd come and take them now. I definitely wouldn't take Marty Janetti now. Dude's a fucking creepo. Um, <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, that's on his daughter. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but it's not his daughter. He found out that, the, that it's not his daughter. He just has always thought of her as his daughter. So, you know. So now, now suddenly it's okay. Cause, yeah. cause anyway, still creepy. Still creepy. Um, when did this happen? Oh, this was a few years ago. He, he, sent out a tweet or a Facebook post, I can't remember. Uh Joe, just asking asking what people thought about it because he just found out that his daughter was not actually his. So is it okay for us to have sex now? Oh Jesus. No. <laughs> what the hell? I, I I would attest that if you had any part in raising a human, sex with said human is out the door. Yeah. yeah. The simple fact is there's a power dynamic uh at issue there. If that person ever thought of you as their authority figure, then they can never truly give consent, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Because you're still an authority figure over. Doesn't matter if you're talking boss and employee or or teacher student, teacher student or father and son or father and daughter or whatever. You know, there's always going to be a power dynamic at play there so um i agree with that to the teachers that i had in high school that were only five years older than me or so just so you know don't listen to him i don't feel like you're an authority figure anymore (laughs) that i'm that i'm the goal just leave it at that so um i'm just trying to decide on the other two um really I think the Outsiders. Oh, okay. As a team, probably. Um, you have to say probably. It that doesn't sound too certain. Well, there's just so many, so many options that can play into this that I'd be like, oh, I'd love to see that, or I'd love to see that. Um, 
See, and I don't. I, I personally don't think that that that's Kevin Nash's best tag team. Even yeah, in another tag team with HBK. Oh, okay. No, I think I, yeah, I see him more as HBK's muscle than yeah. partner there. But that's that's oh. I'm I'm debating here on do I go with a four horsemen combination like Arn and Oli? Yeah, Arn and Oli. Or do I go with um, a tag team that I don't know if anyone uh, is going to say is truly one of the best of all time as a tag team, but as a tag team, they fit so well together and they were so much fun to watch that. um, So I think I'm going to go with that. I think people are going to disagree with this, but my fourth choice is Meng and the Barbarian. Ooh, I like like that though. They were a legit tag team. That's, That's a pretty legitimate tag team. Yeah, but like they were only Meng and the Barbarian as a tag team in WCW. Both right. of them spent time in other promotions and not as tag team. Uh, but I just I they were so much fun to watch together and they worked so well together. So that's what I'm going. Wow. Who wins it? Who wins it? That is the tough one. I think um, I I as much as I like the Outsiders, they don't win. That's for certain. Uh, they're, they're there to perform some big moves, um, but not to win. Uh, in fact, they, they very well might be the ones that take the pin. Um, Maybe they implode on each other. Possibly. Uh, Meng and the Barbarian are contenders, but I just... They're, they're the ones that I see as, as going so hard that they forget that it's actually a match and start brawling with people outside the ring and not worrying about getting the pen and and so kind of at that point it's down to is it the steiner brothers or is it the legion of doom or road warriors whichever way you want to call them in fact i don't know uh i think people would argue back and forth as to which incarnation of them even though they were the same wrestlers um was better some people i think would probably argue that they were better in the Road Warriors rather than the Legion of Doom, even though they're they're the same people. But they were different because keep in mind, by the time they got to Legion of Doom, Hawk was already kind of messed up. He wasn't necessarily the same guy anymore due to all the drugs that he's taken and so on and so forth. They still did a lot of great things, but he technically wasn't the same Hawk as, you know, late 80s, early 80s, late 80s sort of deal. So it technically they, they really weren't the same. I, they were called the Legion of the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom. Sorry, they were actually at that pay per view that we're going to review, or maybe we already have. Ooh, anyway, good save there. Just don't know. They have, they'll have to go to Patreon to find out. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, they were called the Legion of Doom there. Yeah, they were called Legion of Doom Road oh. Warriors. Then what did, didn't WWE use a specific name in 97? Or no, they just used Legion of Doom. Well, I don't I think, think that... I was worried about um, who owned the names in 89. Yeah, I think in 89, uh, they were kind of called both. And then they went back to WWF. And then when they came back to WCW later, then it was a little bit more of a, we own the trademark, so you have to just call them Legion of Doom. You know, okay. sort of a thing. Just Road Warriors or whatever they call it. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, at this point, I think God, this is a this is a real Sophie's choice here. 
Um, the Steiner Brothers, get out of here. I don't know. It's, it's like the Doomsday Device is a hell of a finisher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a heart attack, only from the top rope. Yeah. On somebody's shoulders. Yeah. In the electric chair. Top rope, electric chair, heart attack. Heart attack. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Road Warriors. See, he just did that so you can be different from what I told. No, so. I just... Here, here's the deal is, I think the thing with the Road Warriors is, effectively, so. they stayed a tag team through their entire career, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, and the Steiner brothers eventually imploded. And uh, uh, being a brother, I know how hard it is to get along with my brothers sometimes. And I think that's the the mitigating factor to the Steiner brothers losing this match, is getting along with each other. Aww. And the fact that the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, were so well-oiled in the end. Um, I think it's just a miscommunication. But I love the Steiner brothers. <laughs> Hashtag brotherly love. Yes. Fab, you're next. Oh, me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, am I on? This one? Yes. Sorry. Hello? Anyway, um, so my immediate reaction was to name all four of the tag teams from the 1989 Starcade Future <laughs> Shock, um, which I'm still going to name two of them because I, 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 I don't this isn't in an, in an attempt to photocopy um, uh, Officer Smarks, or I'm oh, sorry, Detective Smarks. But you're not on photocopy. You're gonna darn right plagiarize. No, only two of them. I don't agree oh. with his other two choices. So uh, initially, I was gonna say Steiner's um, Legion of Doom, uh, Doom itself, and uh, the new Wild Samoans. Uh, but I'm not gonna do that because. Doom and the new Wild Samoans. Doom really, uh, Farouk or Ron Simmons uh, is is better served as what he was about six months later. And that's the first Black World Champion. And so you kind of got to give him that. <laughs> um, the uh, and, and new Wild Samoans, I really, for me, because of my age, I really enjoyed them more as Rikishi and or Umaga. So um, I think in their prime later on when they were Rikishi and Umaga, it would have been very entertaining to see them be a tag team. Um, But we weren't going to get that. So uh, I am going to leave the Steiners and the Road Warriors in there as what I think most people would say two of the greatest tag teams of all time. Um, If I'm going to throw in another great tag team of all time, I, I, I find it silly to not include the Hart Foundation. Um, particularly the incarnation of Anvil and Brett. Um, and then I'm going to go with uh, yet another member or set from the Hart family and Dynamite Kid and British Bulldog. Oh, wow. So um, I, I just, I think that as a whole, though. what's that? They were just a phenomenal group, though. Whether yeah, you... they really were. Well, they, they weren't technically part of the Heart Foundation. Bulldog was later on, but um, uh, of the big Heart Foundation. Yes, they trained under Stu, but mm. as a group, Dynamite Kid never grouped with Brett and Anvil. Right. So, um, on major promotions. Somebody out there, I'm sure, is going to tweet at me, at DA Vincent Kayfabe, and I'm also not going to read it, because I rarely if ever get on twitter hey, um 
Was well, Dynamite uh, ever? Dynamite Kid was never in WWE, was he? Yeah. Well, no, not WWE. WWF, he was. Okay, the but 80s. I mean, but but le- okay, late eighties. But he wasn't anywhere. In the, I think he died in the because the British Bulldogs performed in both. Yes. Uh, okay, fair enough. So, uh, we'll use the British Bulldogs. We'll use that moniker because it might make it easier to remember that that's what they were named, even though one of them, Davy Boy Smith, was the British Bulldog. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I just think number one, I think the the camaraderie that two two of those pairs have with each other um, in in Starcade, you actually see the first time ever the Road Warriors versus the Signers occurs. Um, you know, uh, obviously there's a ton we we won't see the first times that uh, because it probably happened in the dungeon uh, the first time that uh, uh, the Heart Foundation fought the British Bulldogs so that's that's unfortunately we, we can't watch that first match ever um, we might be able to watch the first televised one but you definitely cannot see the first match ever between the British Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation um, and so I, I think there's just so much to um the emotion that you can get in there i was very tempted very very tempted to include the smoking guns i loved them in the early 90s i i was a huge fan of billy and bart um i loved the sidewinder as their finisher which was a top rope rope leg drop while somebody else had them i think billy did the top rope leg drop while bart held them in the uh sidewalk slam position um which was a lot yeah. of fun that was um, a great one. yeah and and we haven't really seen it since um which was which is sad so um you know i i because of the current focus on individual wrestlers i don't think that there's been a tag team that really stands out to me um recently that 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 i could put in that category the closest would probably be the new day oh wow oh um I don't know. I think it would even go further than that, to be honest with you. Like you before, before you get into that segment, yeah, yeah. Because New Day, like, don't get me wrong, they're great, whatever. But New Age Outlaws maybe would be in that category. That's yes. probably Billy, Billy Gunn, and uh, and uh, Doug. the Roadie Road Dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're saying that's probably the recent? No, that's crazy. Recent of just, just tag team specialists stayed tag teams for most of their time like they're known yeah. just that tag team um well yeah. i mean dudley boys technically outlasted the new okay age. yeah i guess yeah Artie God, dang, now i kind of wish the dudleys were in there Artie's had really successful individual careers that's true <coughs> that's true um, well now and, anyway yeah you know and and uh, for that matter, Edge and Christian, you know, they both were world title winners and stuff like that. Um, the only member of the Hart Foundation that had a successful individual career was right. Brett. Not that, not that Anvil didn't have a successful. It's not a dog on Anvil, but he's not known for being yeah. an individual star. Uh, same with, same with Scott Steiner. Scott, if you really, if you talk to true wrestling fans, yes. It's really fun to think about Scott Steiner's promos, you know, like the math promo and whatnot. Um, it's a really great math team, okay? If you just said Steiner's, nobody's thinking of Scott. They're thinking of the Steiner brothers. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking of the big bad booty daddy kissing his uh, 
I will say my favorite feud he ever had was against Ernest the Big Cat Miller. Big Papa Dump. <laughs> he was a great promo guy, though. Oh, Ernest my gosh, he was great. Anyway, awesome. to get to the match, um, I think the friendships come into play, and I think the friendships get broken. Um, but I, I really, really like the British Bulldogs. And uh, um, I really, really, I really, really like all four of these. Otherwise, they wouldn't be my four greatest of all time. Um, I don't know. Golly. There's something to be said for mixing styles. And I think Smarks and Smarks and I have talked about this before on podcast and off podcast. I think you and I have talked about this before on podcast and off podcast. Um, I, I really like the idea of mixing styles. And I think for that reason, um, I got to give it to the Heart Foundation, which means I'm giving Canada some love. Yeah. But you mix, you mix the, the technical with the power. And there's just something to be said for, for the fact that Brett can just because of the length of a match that would be like that brett can slowly but surely pick people off with his technical skills and anvil can just knock knock them the fuck out um in the long run and, and they get the win so i'm gonna go with heart foundation here. wow nice okay so while you were going off on all that i uh did some looking and i think i found a match that we need to watch sometime okay um, just speaking of this, um, it's the British Bulldogs uh, during their time in All Japan Pro Wrestling. All Japan okay. Pro Wrestling New Year Giant in 1989. <laughs> British Bulldogs versus Dean Malenko and Joe Malenko. Who's Joe Malenko? Dean's dad. Really? Mm-hmm. So is it is it technical versus power? Is that basically what that match turns out to be? I don't think he has watched it. I have not watched it. Uh, what well, was the oh, No, there? excuse me. Joe Joe is his brother. Boris okay. Malenko was his dad. What about but Great? Was he? Was he a great Malenko? Maybe he was a mad professor. You can call me mad professor. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just make ICP references at our... <laughs> uh, uh-huh. uh, hold on, I want to go back. I want to add the Nasty Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Public <laughs> Enemy... Versus the Nasty Boys. Uh, versus, versus the Gangsters. And three counts. <laughs> three counts. Three, three counts, definitely. I was going to put um, the the team from AEW that uh, was... Chuck Collette. Billy Gunn. Chronic. Has, you can throw Chronic in there. I, throw, I, I was going to do AEW's team that had Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon that hadn't won a single match. Uh, <laughs> put them in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Someone who at least has just had phenomenal tag teams? Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn has been in the Smoking Guns, the New Age Outlaws, and Chuck Palumbo, and Chuck and, uh, Billy. Chuck and Billy. All three great tag teams. He hasn't had a and field. Now with Austin. They Austin? could literally be the Smoking Guns part two. Yeah, they were going to call yeah. themselves the Gun Club, and then they found out there's another tag team already using that, and they decided uh, to what not. If, what if what if instead of being about guns, if they were about bullets? Yeah, they could be a bullet club. Oh, Fantastic. <laughs> really good name. Someone should get on that. We should definitely copyright that. that name. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, John Cena will be reportedly eyed for the new Duke Nukem live action movie, which man, I feel like... A- he looks just like Duke Nukem. That's fair. He doesn't have the voice like Duke Nukem, though. 
Well, he also looks just like Duke Nukem in the fact that you never actually see Duke Nukem because you're looking through his eyes, so you just can't see him. Well, you all get him from behind, depending yeah. on the episode. Where have you been? RPGs uh, don't have to be actually in the body. Yeah, Duke Nukem wasn't an RPG; it was a first-person shooter. Yes. Sorry, that's which, what I meant. Which, which I want to point out, the important word in in it is first person, meaning looking through his eyes, which is first. Duke Nukem. I have played first Duke Nukem games, and he is behind. Frequently, you are behind him. Not the original Duke Nukem game. Original, yeah. No, you were entire. The original Duke Nukem was the originator of first-person shooting. The only time you ever saw him was there was a couple scenes where you would go into a bathroom, and they had a mirror that you could. Oh, see. so you do know what Duke Nukem looks like? Oh, right. you know what he looks like, but Which with John Cena, you just John can't Cena see him because you can't see him. <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> Anyways. We're going to go ahead and move on to mine, because I think mine's a, a doozy. A doozy. I'm already sleeping. <sighs> because you guys are going to have to flex your creative muscle. I have none. Yeah, so you're going to suck at this. Um, <laughs> Hence, you're going first. <laughs> yes, because you agreed to it. So, Let we've go. mentioned it already, at least once on this show. One of us has mentioned it. Retribution. Oh, the shit show that Retribution is right now. So that's Still your goal. Worst show I've seen in the last week. Yeah. Week so and that's, a day. That's, that's your goal here. You need to fix Retribution. And this means going back to how it started, maybe. You need to fix it in terms of who's the members, uh, what are their names, fix Jesus. their costuming, and fix the storyline. All right. I have, to, I have to go to the beginning or I, can, or I have to start right now? You can start whenever you want. Okay. Um, I think the best way to fix it is probably going back to the beginning. But if you think their start was fine, you can do that. How did they essentially start? They just started with the lights uh, going off. Yeah, green. lights going off, and then they Molotov technology first. They Molotoved a thing that apparently knocked out all the power to the arena. So except for the camera that was videotaping them. Yeah. That's not the way power works, but that's beside the point. So I would still keep that. Um, what I would have implemented here was also the hacker angle that they never initiated anything with. Essentially, you could have kind of lights off, the hacker angles come back again, the little vignettes there happen. Uh, with that, um, I would have probably done with the fire rings that WWE did do. Because I think as much of bad publicity that would have that gave them, doing that angle would have also just have cemented WWE again in a whole different kind of light. Um, I'm trying to remember who the people he fired though, if any of them was a leader per se, which not necessarily okay. Um, I am I am liking Dominic Dijakovic though as part of it because i think he does play that beast character i just don't like his costume but essentially it would turn into like going, going off the bane yes exactly hey, anytime i could get a bane wrestler in wwe i am down <laughs> sorry i was wondering what would break first 
<laughs> so yeah and i think this this retribution i do but at the same time i also do like the fact that nxt is kind of getting fed up but the problem is i think they did that already too recently with triple h coming in with survivor series bringing everybody and so on so i think it would have played too much into that um i i definitely wouldn't have done anything with a chainsaw I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. Uh, destroying stuff for me would have been stupid. But manipulating with the lights, closing down the Thunderdome, doing the thing with the WWE plate now, then, and forever, cool. Hacking shit computer-wise, cyber stuff, down for. Uh, little beatdowns here and there, kind of like that... Uh, even that angle with uh, Zelina, Vega, and the whole poison thing. If they would have made that a retribution thing, like a retribution causing a whole bunch of, stirring a whole bunch of shit everywhere else with like a spy cam everywhere. They figured out this. They get like a, a retribution card. What does this say? It's like a riddle of some kind of thing. Yes, going into the Batman Bane thing and now riddles involved somehow. I'm down for it. Um, in terms of the actual wrestlers, Again, Dominic is um, good for. In terms of women, I would love to see Nikki Cross in there. I think that would be dope. Even Bliss getting in there as a heel, I think that would be nice. Um, uh, Johnny Gargano's wife. Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae, that's it. Um, would be like the three women. I feel like there would be better, more NXT women stars. But I really like Nikki Cross in there. So Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae for sure. Definitely should be in there. Uh, Mia Yin, I definitely don't mind. Other superstars, though, like, give me, like, Cesaro. Maybe you could have had, like, Keith Lee kind of... Maybe even Keith Lee is the main guy. And Dominic Dijakovic being his muscle. Keith Lee doesn't technically need it. But Dominic being, like, the bigger guy of the bunch sort of ordeal. Um, and just creating this would be like I like the whole rebellious factor of it but you do need a lot of NXT guys in it for it to make a lot of sense which I guess is kind of what they're doing but they just did stupid masks I maybe would have still kept with the hoodies and the things like that but get rid of the breaking of a whole bunch of things and terrorizing a bunch of things just causing ruckus in terms of relationships that are already in WWE with spy cams, people screwing people over, like, oh, hey, what did you say this about me? Oh, you poisoned, um, what's his face's cup kind of thing with the, I, like, I really like that retribution postcard thing that certain wrestlers get, like, oh, what's this? Da 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 da. And they kind of randomly start, rec oh no, I'm getting into a new order sort of deal. I was going to say they kind of start recruiting people, but then that would just be copying AE dubs. Um, or even. <laughs> it's changed four times. What's the fifth one going to be? <laughs> no, I'm saying maybe Roman as the head of your retribution because he could have used the fans as kind of a thing. Even adding Roman into that picture would have been a legitimate, like, oh, okay, this is a legitimate stable. You know what I mean? It's not just uh, we're a bunch of whiny people. It's Roman coming back um, from from not being there for a long time. He wants retribution against the fans and so on and so forth. So, yeah, Roman, Dominic, uh, Roman, Dominic. Uh, the only people I got is Roman, Dominic, 
Nikki Cross, uh, Mia Yin, and uh, Alexa Bliss as your main people. You technically have more women in the roster than you do men, but I just can't think of any men at the moment. Um, but I think Roman and Dominic are your two, and Keith Lee, yeah. So it's like your ultimate be stable. The problem is, I just don't know what. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's all you really need because you have a predominant team right there. You have a legitimized team that could cause a bunch of ruckus. Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross, and Alexa Bliss could kind of be upset that they've never gotten um, any kind of. Well, they had the tag team champions, but they never gotten any kind of push. Nikki Cross could still be upset from coming from NXT as she was such a star. Uh, Alexa Bliss could just be, I don't know, do some sort of heel thing. Keith Lee coming from NXT saying, I was so big and then you guys treated me horribly. Uh, and Roman just being pissed off at the fans and causing ruckus and so on. So that would be my team, I guess. Um, but I think Roman would have to be there along with Keith Lee to legitimize it. Dominic is not enough. And what else was I supposed to do? Um, costumes, if anything. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe kind of like gowns almost, like priest hoodies kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Hoodies. This, is, this, like isn't, this isn't uh, Dark Order at all. I don't know. Wait. That's my, uh, that's my, I told you I wasn't creative. What would you do, Fabe? Do blood dark order combination right there. Boom, done. <laughs> anyway. Only it's not, you don't go to jointhedarkorder.com. You go to no. retro.online yeah. because .com and .ca are so overrated. Okay. Yeah. Since we're, yeah, since we're hacking, hacking the world. Net. Anyway, um, or dot ru since it's hackers. Yes. Uh, look at you go. La-dee-da. I don't. I don't know anything about Russian websites. <laughs> so they're automatically hackers. Found the bot. <laughs> we found the bot. <laughs> the FBI is going to be in my house tomorrow. Ah, oh, crap. Anyway, um, all right. So. Uh, what would I do here? I, I really your your first start that you started with JLB. I, I really liked the idea of using the the firings for that, but then the firings wouldn't have been real, and then we wouldn't all be in uh, wouldn't all be disheveled about said firings. So I the, I I think there would there could have been something there, but again, they wouldn't have been real, and then the firings would have been fake. They would have been. You know, Rusev probably would have been the leader. Rusev and and, and Heath uh, Slater um, mm. would have probably been the leaders there. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm we're we're not going to go there. Uh, we'll just move on. Um, the the way I would probably do this, uh, if it starts early enough, Rusev would would have been part of this, um, but would be uh, overlooked pushes. Is is really the the best way to I think go about this, which does rule out guy. Well, it doesn't rule out Dijakovic. Um, it kind of rules out Mia Yim. Um, it uh, I think maybe still includes Mercedes Martinez, uh, mostly because she's been overlooked for twenty years and finally gets her chance. So I suppose you could have Mercedes Martinez be in it. 
Um, but Mia Yim has yet to have a really good push. So um, I can't, you can't say that it's an overlooked push there. Um, my goal would actually be to focus on the main roster here, though. Uh, I think I think I changed some of the people that are Dijakovic just wasn't isn't done with his push. Like there's still more to his push. The 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 retribution storyline is Dijakovic's being overpushed, overlooked in a push. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like this this is what this storyline is what caused Dijakovic to no longer be pushed, which is stupid. So <laughs> for that reason, I'm not going to include him in it. Uh, Dio's never had a push, um, so you can't say that he was an overlooked push. Um, about and... you technically don't know the names of the people, though. Okay, well that's fine. And yeah. Shane Thorne has has yet to get all of his push. Um, so I'm, I'm going to avoid the NXT takeover aspect to this. Um, and I'm going to go with mid, what we would call mid-carters. Um, uh, and I'm going to go pre-firing so that we can still include Rusev, uh, Aiden English, uh, Heath Slater, uh, maybe even Drake Maverick, uh, who had yet to have his push. Like, the firing was his push. Ended up being his push. Um so I guess you can't really include Drake Maverick in that. Um, and then I'm going to add people like uh, Bobby Roode. Um, Dolph Ziggler could claim that role, even though Dolph Ziggler's had some really good pushes. Um, he's, he had been regulated to developmental talent. Um, and so I probably have five guys. And in terms of women, I, I, I think Lacey Evans by that point had been considered overlooked push. Uh, I don't think her push was finished is is finished yet, but I think at the time when it's when when the firing happened, it, it, obviously that takes retribution back a couple months. Um, I think Lacey Evans would fit in well with that. Um, I really think even though Sasha um, has had pushes, I think the overlooked aspect of having her I don't know retain a title could be a reason for that. Um, right. I think. Uh, I think if you, if uh, Mickey James overlooked, you know, one of the goats would fit really well in there. Uh, Dana Brooke, who had a mild push towards the title, but more as like a, well, you're just the person we're going to have to beat right now. And I think probably the strongest female in this category, even though I already have Sasha, would be Shayna Baszler. Um, and so I would have t- I like 10 Baszler. total. What's that? I like Baszler in there. Yeah. Uh, that means we would have 10 total in this. Um, I'd really love Baszler in there if Ronda Rousey was still around. Uh, I think that would make that a pot of gold because she could attack Ronda Rousey. Um, but, and, and so you have 10 total there and there's, there's several good speakers in there, which means you don't have to have a leader. It, it's, it's basically just people who are pissed off that their push got screwed. You know, Cesaro would fit there. Shinsuke fits gold there uh, really well. I mean, he won the Royal Rumble, and I was 99% sure he was going to be the one who beat AJ. Uh, and had, a, had another four months in a feud with AJ after WrestleMania, you know, so it's not like it was not like they didn't see him as a, as a huge talent. They just never put the belt on him, which was stupid. I mean, if you're going to have that many matches with AJ, go ahead and put the belt on him for a short while and then take it back off. That's not, nobody gets mad about that uh, as fans. Um, 
you know that that's part of the reason Triple H has 14 title wins. It's part of the reason John Cena has 14 or 16 title wins. Because sometimes you put it on him for a few minutes and take it back off. <laughs> you know, it's not a huge deal. Uh, but I think along with that, I would I would still do the ha- I like your hacking angle there. Um, I don't mind them destroying stuff. I would prefer them not destroying um, like things that don't make logical sense i.e. the power grid but hey we still have video footage of you guys doing it like as soon as the Molotov cocktail hits it should be power out for everything Mm -hmm. there's not a broadcast and you could even go to the rainbow screen or whatever Um, I I think that uh, you could do some of those things Um, I think that some more behind the scenes stuff I really like the idea of, and, and while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, hey, Bobby, sorry, tonight, your match, um, you're not going to have a match tonight, okay, buddy? Sorry. Uh, glad you were here, though. Thanks. Uh, but but uh, we have a segment where, where, you know, John Cena's available to come out and do an interview, so we're going to have a, a, an interview instead of your match, Bobby. Oh, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. And just kind of show him pissed off. Yeah, I'd like that. A way to build it up. Occasionally bumping these guys um, and showing you bumping these guys. um, And that's kind of how they start to come together. And, you know, you even have Rusev walk by, you know, Bobby Roode and go, oh, you got bumped too? Yeah, let's go back to the hotel. And and just whatever it may be. Or, yeah, let's get out of here. Um, and, And then... So you have those segments, so you kind of get hints to it that they're they're getting angrier and angrier. I think a long build with that, with events like that happening, I think really sets up for eventually them actually attacking. Um, You have some weeks that nothing happens, and some weeks where all that happens is somebody gets bumped and talks about it. And some weeks, oh, no, I didn't get bumped. That's great. Oh, you didn't get bumped? Yeah, I did still. You know, stuff like that, where they're all talking, and there's some empathy, and you know, uh, it's a really good opportunity to take out guys like Seth Rollins, who say, who have openly said, "I am the show," or whatever it may be. Um, I think Alistair Black fits in this category. Like, there's a lot of people you can do this with, uh, and I think the payoff is eventually one of them gets a title shot, they win the title, and that person gets jumped out. Like, you're not part of us anymore because you got your push. Uh, and and that continues to happen. Like you got what you wanted, so and they beat the crap out of him, and now he's no longer part of the organization. And I mean, then you can really carry that for quite some time before it has to disband because multiple of them have title matches in one night. They all win. And, uh, never mind. We don't want to jump anybody out. You know. Okay. That's where I go with it. I don't. I don't know. What, what yeah. about what about names for your members? Would you give them funny names? Either no, of you guys? They would be they would be who they are. That's stupid. Yeah, I'm not calling him Wreck the Fire and T Red and Triple XL <laughs> and 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 I don't know. I was trying to think of uh, what's his face his son's name. We names him some weird name. Elon Musk's son's name, where it's like some word. Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter, Apple. I wouldn't mind Apple over Triple Red or what a T Red or whatever the hell his name is there. T Bar? 
That's it. Slap nuts. Slap nuts. It's slapjack. Slap I know Jack. it, but slap nuts is funnier. Um, uh, it worked better, you know, two days ago after we watched some cock. Yeah, <laughs> cock had me really thinking about slapping nuts. Um, what? What? what, what? Sorry. Um, here, here, do I get the idea of giving them names for a couple reasons? A, if you're bringing them up from. NXT, I say bringing up again, but if you're bringing them over from NXT, effectively you're introducing them to an audience again. I can get, I get the idea of using new names sometimes. Um, here's the real advantage of giving them names right now. It means when retribution falls on its face, and I'm saying that when retribution falls on its face in this, they can just scrap it and they haven't ruined Dominic Dijakovic, Mercedes Martinez, Mia Yim, Shane Thorne, um, Dio Madden, I guess. Yeah, Shane and Dio are ruined themselves, so it's all right. Um, However, I really would like to see, and I'm just going to say this, I would love to see them attack Keith Lee in a match and Keith Lee not know that Mia Yim is a member of them and that she shows her mask and he goes, what? Because oh, they're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I just think that'd be kind of fun. That'd be, yeah, honestly, I mean, it's more fun than what they're doing. So, yeah, I'd be down for that. Because Dominic deserves the title shot or whatever. I don't know. You better be talking about Djokovic. Yes, Djokovic, yes. Making sure. Because Dominic Mysterio deserves nothing. He deserves a one-way trip to evolve, to learn. Agreed. What do we, we think about this uh, whole... Um, Murphy. It's dumb. Move on. <laughs> no, it's it's dumb for a lot of reasons, right? Tell us real thoughts. Um, the biggest reason it's dumb is because Murphy's 33, I think, and Aaliyah's 19. Hey, hey, wait, wait, hold up. I, I don't like the optics of that. Man. Um, it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> However, yes. that said, if somebody came around that was 11 years younger than me, it's different, though, because that's still 29, and that's, like, <laughs> you're well into adulthood. Like, I wouldn't, when I was 30, I wouldn't have dated a 19-year-old, and I Ed, probably wouldn't date somebody 14 years younger than me right now. Ed Zachary. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I, I will say, though, that the fact that Alexa Bliss has tweeted her support of Murphy... Um, is kind of funny, in my opinion. Because she, I mean, obviously they're still friends even after they broke off their engagement. But it's just like, hey, keep a little kayfabe. No, in kayfabe, you guys shouldn't actually hardly even know each other. Like, you managed them in NXT for like three months and then you moved up to the main roster and they stayed in NXT. So, you know. But also, maybe not support the guy who's, you know, 14 years older than the girl who can't act. <laughs> I don't even know why. It's pretty disheartening that Vince would stoop himself this low to sign Ray for another, like, I don't know, God knows how long. I don't think we know the years. Just to have a bunch of his family members come and do yeah. random stupid crap. Like, he flat out let Ray hold his hold his company hostage to get his kids in to get Ray's kids in. Yeah, that's messed up. Yes, that's really it, it, weird. And he fired high quality talent to make like, room for those under talented kid children. That's what uh, I mean. Again, and, 
<laughs> I'm not saying they won't be talented someday. I'm saying right now they're not talented enough to be on Raw. No, but we right now they're not they're... talented enough to be in matches with with um, Seth Rollins. Right, but at the same time, Seth or AJ would probably be the only two people that could kind of make Dolph. them live. Dolph could. And Dolph, yeah, and well, Adam Cole, but there that would be NXT, so completely different. Yeah, there's uh, lots of people in NXT who can make them look good. Yeah, but on the but, main roster, you, on the main roster, you have to protect your own brand. The only the only person who really doesn't protect his own brand on the main roster, of those people that we named, is Dolph. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. It's just this has to stop the set storyline with Ray and Dominic and Buddy Murphy. I want this all thing one the storyline to just die and never come back alive again. And I'm I'm officially done with Seth Rollins and his Messiah bull bonanza. Oh, like it's a good run, but now I'm just I'm done with it. I don't care for it anymore. The the Ray storyline ruined it. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think it ruined it. It just went for too long. I think is more okay. of the issue. Let me rephrase that. The Dominic storyline ruined it. Oh, okay. Fine. Yep. <laughs> I agree with you there. Dominic I, ruined. I, the remove a person's eye match yeah. was when it jumped the shark. Yeah, if they honestly stopped it there, it wouldn't have been bad. But Dominic came in and whatever, it just agreed. Yep. Okay, well, so let's WCW. Uh, not WCW. <laughs> go ahead. We're gonna go on to Ring of Honor, AEW, or Impact, our lovely game where I'm gonna challenge you guys with three WWE wrestlers, or as my daughter calls it, W. W-E, um, and you need to relocate them to a different company. So your first round choices are current women's champions. That means Bailey, Asuka, and Io. I think we did this recently, but I don't think Asuka was the champion at the time. I don't remember. I don't remember ever challenging you to move Io. So if I did, I did Bailey, Sasha Banks, and someone. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to move Bailey to another roster that has old people and go with ROH because I think she's the oldest of those stars. Um, and because though her heel work is really good, um, I, I would rather see great in-ring work in the other two. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think Impact's willingness to use crossover, uh, women athletes, uh, really opens the door for EO in the X Division slash women's title hunt. Um, so I like EO in Impact for that reason. Not to mention there's there's been some dark character development with her a couple times. So um, since apparently that's where we have to put dark people is in Impact, that's where she's going to go. Um, and uh, the much not as needed as it once was, so Smarks doesn't go on a rant, but the much needed talent upgrade that Asuka brings to AEW is a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Uh, who do we got again? We got Eo, Bailey, and Asuka. So I don't know. I really want to see Bailey in uh, AE Dubs. I love that shirt. Oh, great choice. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Bailey and AE Dubs. I feel like, especially now, 
with her how the way she talks and everything like that and her wrestling has gotten better um just for the simple fact i feel like they have too many asians already in aew <laughs> fair enough um, and yeah bring bring asuka over to i think she would be a nice fit in impact or even roh um but maybe she might do something more on impact just in terms of because the whole woman of honor thing is weird and i don't know um so bring her on to impact and who is the other one again io shirai io shirai so what we have is the woman you don't watch goes to the show you don't watch yeah pretty much yeah that's 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 <laughs> pretty spot on yeah, look at me go making sure i have that right yep i mean i guess it's fair you know <laughs> what did we expect dog him for it let's go to row row roh okay it's horrible that's a perfect place for him to go no don't you you shut your filters <laughs> Uh, Matt Riddle to ROH. Anyway, your turn, man. Challenge us. So, no theme, but we are doing Matt Riddle, AJ Styles, Cesaro. Matt Riddle, AJ Styles, Cesaro. People being improperly used right now. Two of them that should be getting pushes and one that is getting a push that shouldn't be. That's your theme. No, that's not my theme. My theme is two phenomenal wrestlers that probably should be world championship material and aren't yet so they have called it quits and are going to either roh impact wrestling or aew styles has been the you champion just your... so you know i'll get first um <laughs> uh aj styles can go anywhere and make it great anywhere is phenomenal. anywhere um so uh you know, backyard wrestling promotion that only films once a month and annihilate and everybody would want to watch it that one time <laughs> yeah um what it just tells is still wrestling yeah i'll watch bob's backyard wrestling <laughs> hey bob Backman is the owner <laughs> all right so we're gonna move we're gonna move matt riddle to roh because Row. it's funny <laughs> that's where i'm going with that it's just because it's funny um Oh, this is where it gets tough. Um, I think Cesaro could be used so incredibly well in AEW. So incredibly well. But there's a significant temptation to reunite the Bullet Club with AJ. Um, Huge temptation to bring AJ back and have him reunited with the Bullet Club. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring AJ to AEW because I, I went first so that uh, it was easier for me. Um, and uh, I'm going to put Cesaro in a very stacked strength di- division in the AEW world title or in the Impact world title picture um, and see his strength against the other powerhouses that are in Impact. Nice. Right. Aside from the bro... No. So, um, uh, Fabe wouldn't like me when I say this, but uh, Riddle to AEW. Yeah. Did I watch NXT on those nights? Yeah, I I think his style fits AEW well. Um, and so I I think there's a lot of fun that you can have from that. Um, I do agree with Fabe though. Cesaro in Impact, which puts 
AJ Styles into Ring of Honor. Which would be a gift to Ring of Honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles is a gift to any one of those three brands. It literally could become the house that AJ Styles built. Yeah. Anybody else find that really weird on SmackDown when you're like, uh, The Rock? The Rock. I mean, it's literally named after <laughs> something him. he used to say. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> I mean, not to nitpick, bud, but you didn't build it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So that that's it. AJ okay. Styles and Ring of Honor. Boom. Just because you didn't want to take him back to Impact. Uh, There's a little bit of that. Been there, done that. But I also... Didn't to, I didn't want to take him back to Impact either. Yeah. I mean, the the tougher thing was, like, I could see Cesaro in AEW, and and so it could make sense there. Um, the thing with Cesaro is we, we've already seen that his mic skills can improve when given yeah, how proper... Yeah, was the promo on Sunday and, and pre-show? But... And that's where I think if if I did put him in AEW, he would probably benefit the most from their ability to bring out better mic skills from people. Um, I think I just wanted to put Matt Riddle in AEW. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. But on I'm, that note... I have to give one, don't I? We can skip me. That's fine. Oh, did you, did you not do one? I'm sorry. That's fine. No, we're good. No, no. Uh, no. You, you, you brought it up. Now you got to do it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So um, I'm, I'm going to actually go off of Fabe's challenge. Uh, Fabe, I'm Fabe. Sparks' <laughs> uh, challenge. Uh, it's uh, almost it's like we have K-Fabe names. Yeah, it's almost like they're not our real names or anything. Crazy. Anyway, moving forward, Alpha Smarks is challenged, and uh, I'm going to use three three people that I named um, earlier, and so it's going to be uh, Bobby Roode, Alistair Black, and uh, one that I should have named but didn't, Ricochet. So okay. people whose bu- pushes have been cut off at the knees. Okay, this is going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me. Yeah, because oh. they also go to AEW. Yeah. Um, well, there, there's, Bobby, there's Roode, Bobby Roode should go back to Impact, but uh, I'm uh, not going to tell you guys what to do. There, there's a lot of things here and there, but um, just... Alistair Black to AEW, style wise and look wise, he fits AEW really well, in my opinion. I just feel um, like Dark Order. Well, the thing is, he could be kind he of the, do a story. <laughs> yeah, he could be almost the anti Dark Order, to be perfectly honest. You know oh. what I mean? The the I'm not susceptible to your cult sort of a thing because I'm already dark as fuck um <laughs> but uh Fair enough. But it also you, means it, that Zelina Vega automatically comes yeah no it doesn't and I mean eventually Lana, oh I Lana I am sure doing AEW. Yeah, I'm sure Lana will be in AEW when her contract is up or if she gets fired but the thing is she re-signed a long term contract like less than a year ago yeah. Uh, it was when they, they were trying to convince Rusev to stay, so they signed her to a long-term contract, and then uh, later they changed their mind and fucked off. Fired Rusev. <laughs> and so, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually fired Lana, but they're obviously not now because they think she's awesome with Natalia. I guess. Anyways, um, I do like the new ring attire for for Lana. Just saying. Isn't it just Natalia's ring tire? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a, a gimp outfit. I gotta be honest, I kind of zoned out when she came out to the ring. I was like, whatever. 
I'll uh, check my Facebook or something. Um, so <laughs> Alistair Black to A-dubs. Uh, I'm going to break with D.A. Fabe's suggestion here. Uh, Bobby Roode is not going back to Impact. Bobby Roode's going to Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, and that's mostly because I, I really want to see Rick Division. Division. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh... Ricochet in the X Division. I mean, him versus Trey Miguel would be crazy. Um, so, so that's where I would go with that. And here's the old Bobby Roode in Ring of Honor. There's a lot of room for a charismatic guy like him in Ring of Honor, um, especially since apparently James Storm is now a free agent, and so Beer Money could go over to Ring of Honor and start raising hell there. And they could be liquor cash. Uh, <laughs> Impact eventually uh, allowed their people to retain the rights to their stuff. So they could actually be beer money on Ring of Honor if they wanted to. I kind of like liquor cash. <laughs> They'd be pervy <laughs> guys. You try to. <laughs> Never mind. L- liquor in the front, money in the back. <laughs> wow. Liquor <laughs> cash. Poor, poor taste joke. I apologize. <laughs> that picked me as an African. Um, yeah. What would you do, Jelby? All right. So, um, man, yeah, Ricochet to Impact. Ricochet in the X Division would be dope. Um, I would kind of like to see who is the other guy? Rude, Ricochet, and Alistair. Yeah. Rude AEW. I feel like they need some kind of wrestler that's kind of mid-card like that he'd do good with like MJF or maybe be part of MJF's crew or something and uh, Alistair would go to ROH I think Alistair would still do good in ROH like I don't uh, you might even be one of their top stars perhaps so Rude is, a, is also a gentleman of a certain age that very soon could be managing I mean he's and we know we know how much AEW loves managers so sure yeah I'm sorry, I cut you off, though. Were you going to say something yeah, else? That, that was all I was saying. Oh. But, yeah, I, I like either of you guys' setups there. I didn't give you bad characters for anything. So. Nope. You were nice about it. Could have been mean. Decided not to. I think all of them get a better push where you guys sent them than they're getting now. Yep. Sure. So, and obviously mine would have been different still because I said rude to Impact because... Former world, Impact World Champion. That's messed up. It's it's messed up how WWE just screws people over, man. Well, well they, they pay them handsomely to screw them over. That's true. It that makes them up. talent prostitutes. Yeah. The thing is, I I don't even think they screw wrestlers over so much as just misuse them. Like, well, here's the deal: is I don't think it's about them doing anything maliciously against most of the wrestlers most of the time there are times that they do but but the simple fact is it's really just them shooting themselves in the foot because i mean how big of a star could rusev have been in wwe if they'd have just gotten behind him how big of a star could bobby Roode have been in wwe if they would have just gotten behind him right uh these these are all didn't it work though? It worked so well in NXT for Bobby Roode's whole thing. And then they kind of did the same thing in Raw, or I think it was on Raw at first. Yeah, on Raw, and then it just fell apart. 
but he was a face on Raw and he was a heel on NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh... The, the issue the issue lies in in taking their television time away. It does it has nothing to do with with they aren't getting a push for the world title. I would not suggest right now that Bobby Roode should have won last night. Right, he should not have. Um, or I guess two nights ago now because time has changed to Wednesday. Um, but I would suggest that Bobby Roode could easily have bi or uh, semi-weekly television time, which means that you would have to have Aleister Black have semi-weekly television time, and you don't have to. If 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 Brock Lesnar taught us one any one thing, you don't have to have your champion on every show. Yeah. You don't have to. You do have to have him more often than once every three months, right? Or once a month, or whatever it may be. But you don't have to have him on television every show, every two weeks. Yeah, it's okay yeah. to not have the Intercontinental Title be talked about this week. But next week, we probably ought to talk about it. It's okay to not have the tag titles talked about this week. But next week, in fact, with the number of titles that they have. They really could could develop a lot of undercard storylines that that would allow them to still feature all of this talent that they have, and in the long run, then not not most wrestlers weren't pissed off about their pay in WWE. They were pissed off about their exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody's gonna be pissed. I mean, I don't think Seth's gonna be pissed if somebody says, "Hey, dude, take this week off." Your number one, your top talent is less injury prone if they're if they're getting time to recover on a regular basis. Um, the the matches at house shows frequently feature those guys, so let's have a, a, a more a more staggered schedule that allows multiple storylines, that allows for building of storylines. That doesn't mean we're cramming something in before pay per view, um, all that type of stuff. And that's where I think it fails because, um, example, the natural Dustin Rhodes. I looked forward to seeing his matches when he was in WCW in the nineties. I was a, I was a fan. I wanted to see him get sit on the top rope and do a bulldog. Um, you know, or or uh, tr- trying to think of a, a, a mid card in WWE that really got used that way. Um, the smoking guns—they weren't on every week. That was okay. You know, it's something. Something has changed, and it changed during the Attitude Era. But it, during the Attitude Era, you had title contenders, multiple of them, all the time. Like it, you, you could legitimately see Mick Foley winning the title because he did, and you could legitimately see. And I think during the CM Punk and John Cena era, we really got left with, well, we're trying to scrap to find somebody else who's a title contender. So, Cena, you're going to go against Dumaga right now. Not that he wasn't a great athlete, but uh, that meant that that we were scratching for a, a world champion and ignoring the fact that there's a bunch of undercard that could that you could get some story built with yeah i think i think that's kind of playing into it um you know back in in the attitude era wwe had a series of bankable stars rock undertaker stone cold you know kane Kane. this kind of goes on they had they had a bunch of these bankable top stars so they didn't necessarily need to have any of them on any given night every week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could give the Rock a week off 
because you had Stone Cold to fill in and carry the show for that week or The Undertaker or Kane or whoever, you know what I mean? Um, But now, and I think that's what Brock Lesnar really exposed, (laughs) that they didn't have another person who could have stepped in when Brock Lesnar wasn't able to be there, right? Which is why they they felt like they needed Brock Lesnar there so much because anytime he wasn't there, everyone was like, this feels empty. There's no, there's no stars on this show. No, but you had Seth and Seth would put on these phenomenal matches and no one cared that he wasn't in the title picture. Seth would put on phenomenal matches. The problem is, and, and this is someone who's a Seth Rollins fan. I'm, I'm being really blunt here. Seth Rollins didn't move the needle in terms of fan support at that time, right? He wasn't a star. I really like Seth. I think he's one of my favorite wrestlers of the modern era, but but in the grand scheme of things, they never set him up to be a star. And they're, they're still paying for it now because they're trying to have him carry the company right now on Raw, and he's floundering because they never set him up to be the top dog. They spent so much time trying to make Roman the top dog, <laughs> pun intended, um, that they they kind of hampered their ability to have anyone else be the top dog. I mean, the perfect example is, is Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, right? He's legitimately a top dog in AEW. Uh, WWE never saw him as a potential top dog, right. ever. Uh, and and they failed because of that. You know, he he had the ability to carry a company right now, and he's doing it. And if they would have invested some time in establishing him as a star in WWE, they wouldn't have felt had had to feel like they needed Brock Lesnar so much. Um, but. The fact that they didn't establish any stars exposed their need for Brock Lesnar so much. I think you might be wrong about Seth, though, because Seth was technically established as a star when he was with the whole Triple H thing, and then Triple H turned on him. They they tried to establish him as a star, but my point still being, the fans didn't get behind him, and that's when you get established as a star is when there's fan support. Or fan fan anger. Or fan anger. Yes. You can be hated or loved, but you have to be something. And they didn't hate or love him. He was just there. Even John Cena got loved or hated. Mm -hmm. Both at the same time frequently. Yes. And that's the deal is John Cena, in many ways, this is John Cena's fault. Not really. I'm just making hyperbole. But John Cena came along and he eventually established himself as the only real star in WWE for a while, you know? Um, CM Punk established himself as a star and then left. But then he left and, yeah. You know, um, John Cena was like the only star in the company. Edge was a star and then Edge left because he was injured, you know? And that's really what kind of happened is, is John Cena was the only one that was a bankable star. Yes, mm. they still had Undertaker, at that time, but this was still and yes. This... Randy Orton was hateable, mm-hmm. but but Randy Orton and to be perfectly honest, I'm gonna go out on a limb right now and say I think this is Randy Orton's first actual run as a star in the company right now. Um, 
he's been with the company for a long time. He's been champion many times. But I don't think at any point before his star power was as big as it is right now. Oh, I don't know about that, man. I just think you can't remember how big his star power was. That's... I don't I don't think it ever was as big as it is right now. Here's the deal is uh, there are people right now talking about Randy Orton and using the phrase greatest of, of all time sometimes. I'm not saying I agree with them, but they never said that during any of his runs before. He was not talked about as... In fact, he was talked about as the selfish guy who wouldn't put any over over other people, wouldn't let other people look good. And now they're talking about him as he's putting on some of the best matches in his career, and he's making stars out of Randy Orton. Not Randy Orton, out of Drew McIntyre, you know? Um, and so I, I'm going to say it. I don't think Randy Orton has ever been as big of a star as he is right now. Um, and I think, I think he's better for it now. I enjoy watching him a lot more now than I ever did before. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't know, man, because I feel like legend killer Randy Orton first, when he first came into the picture, um, was pretty star worthy. He was in his prime there. He was considered as now it's just more along the lines of, hey, I've been in the business for a long time. Uh, I'm a legend almost. Uh, I, I am considered Hall of Fame worthy because he's just getting to that se- seniority kind of position. But I think when Randy Orton was legend killer Randy Orton, um, when he got kicked out of Evolution, all the, when he won his first world title, I still consider those... Uh, those moments as randy orton being a star i i i'm i i can't agree to the fact that randy orton is only considered a star now i i can't that's that's no way man i i can't uh, jump on that wagon yep i'm I'm not i'm not gonna decide for you two but you both make great reasonable cases but at the end of the day, Randy Orton's a great. I think. I think what what's being used here that's different between the two of you is star. I'm tuning in to watch said person versus star. I'm enjoying said person while I'm already tuned in. I think that's exactly the point. I don't think. Don't worry, there were always Randy Orton fans. There will always. I mean, there. You know, I. I don't necessarily think Christian was ever in WWE a star by himself. Uh, There were fans of Christian, but I don't think he was a star in and of himself. However, there were always people who tuned in to WWE to see Christian, right? You gotta gotta remember, I'm not saying that they weren't popular. I'm saying that they weren't a star, right? And that's kind of what it comes down to is like, the Rock was a star. Right. Chris Chris Jericho at the same time was popular, but I would argue he wasn't a star. And I'm talking about him now as as one of the greatest of all times, if not the GOAT. You know what I mean? Mm. But at the time, he was not. He was just Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. And that's the same thing with Randy Orton, is I don't know if he had ever up until that point been even close to the star right he was popular there were always going to be fans of of wrestlers at any given point 
Um, no, no, and I get that, but I don't consider him even technically as a star now to begin with. I'm just saying if you wanted to consider him as a star, I would consider maybe a him as a star uh, back in the Legend Killer time more so than now. Randy, Randy Orton, right? Randy Orton, for some reason, and I think in a lot of people's eyes too, it's just weird. They like him as a wrestler. They think he's good. He has everything going for him, but something's missing for some reason. He just isn't that Austin Rock, Triple H, uh, in that capacity for some reason. There's something there that just doesn't allow him to be that. I had. I think I think you're right now proving my point, but I'm not because you're saying he is more of a star now than he ever was. I am. I, I, am. I, I right, but I would disagree. I'm saying that I think he, if if you want to make that argument, he has been more of a star in the past, more so than he is now. Um, but I still, even now, don't think that he's an actual star. So I, I, I think I want to clarify here because I think I have the answer to what you're what what's being discussed. Uh, I think that that J JLB is talking about draw power, and I think that Smarks is talking about the concept that somebody would tune in because that person's on, and they're they're two different things. Because sure. you're right, JLB, he's never had draw power. He's never been the guy that you were going to go to a a signing. You were absolutely correct about that. All right. But Smarks is is I think saying. If as a fan, when you watch and somebody gets somebody got a a uh, a segment against, let's say that you earned as a wrestler, you earned the right to have a, a series of matches with the Undertaker. You knew you had made it at that juncture. You knew that you had made it in the industry at that juncture. Right now, that character, if you wanted to have a shot, if if you were going to have a series against this wrestler in all of WWE, there are two wrestlers, and, and, and I'm going to exclude The Fiend from this, there are two wrestlers that you know that you've, you've hit the spot if they're going to put them, put you in a, in a, nah, I'll say three. There's three wrestlers that you know you've hit the spot if they're going to put you in a series of matches or, or in a feud with that person. And Randy Orton is that now. And 10 years ago, he was not that guy. Um, and Adam Cole, Bebe is that now? Like if you, if you're on NXT and you get a feud with Adam Cole, Bebe, you know, you've, you've done your job. Um, and, and I would, I would suggest Finn Balor just has a certain amount of draw everywhere for that reason. But I, I don't think I, I, I would agree. Randy Orton is not somebody you're going to go to a, uh, if it was just, if Randy Orton came to Montreal and was doing a book signing or a magazine cover signing or whatever at Barnes and Noble, does Barnes and Noble still exist? Uh, I live in rural Nebraska. So Barnes and Noble. <laughs> so that's the um, thing. But the thing is, I'm I'm also referring to just and not necessarily referring to drop power. I'm also referring to tune in inability, if you will, like well, what um, what Smarks was referring to. Because to me, I've also I've also tuned into Randy Orton as the Legend Killer. I wanted to see what Legend 
I'm a lot of a lot of stuff is blanking out in terms of his great matches and what I tuned into. Evolution, I would tune into. He had a lot of phenomenal promos. There was a lot of that's like, evolution. That's not Randy Orton. You didn't sit there and go, God, I really want to see that Randy Orton match tonight. I don't even care who he's going against. In, in terms of that level, I don't know that there's enough fans that sit back and go, oh, I really want to see Randy Orton tonight. I don't care what's going on. As of right now, so you're saying there's something now that you're seeing, oh, did you really want to see the greatest match ever with Edge? Did you really want to see no. Edge versus Drew McIntyre? No. no, but I knew Drew McIntyre made it when they had him win it when they had him win a feud against Randy Orton. I knew that they had confidence in Drew McIntyre because they had him they're they're going to have him win a feud against Randy. Randy Orton, and they already had him win a match against Randy Orton, and they already had him beat Big Show right after he won the title, and they had him beat Brock Lesnar, so they had him beat the people, and and that says the level of star power that they think somebody will have. Right. Um, if if somebody if somebody were to be saddled with a feud with with um, with Drew McIntyre right now, that doesn't mean that that person's made it. That means that person's a cog in the wheel. Right. But if somebody has a feud with Randy Orton, um, that means that there's confidence that that person can sell something because because that's gonna be a main that's gonna be a main event feud. That's gonna be something that people will want to see. Yes, but Randy because Orton they want to see Randy get his ass kicked or whatever it is. For sure, but Randy Orton already has been that main event. This is not the first time around that he's been main event. He's had crazy feuds. You know, so this is nothing new to Randy it's Orton. Tr- it's He's transitioned, not- though. Gosh. Five years ago, that wasn't the case. I would say Kofi's run is the reason that, that we feel that way about Randy Orton now. I really do. I I would say that there's never been an, a point in Randy Orton's career until recently that you could ever have said that he is the best blank currently in the WWE, right? Um... Even when he was champion, you never could say he's the best face, heel, champion, wrestler. He never was considered that. But you could make an argument right now that he is the best heel in WWE. You can you can go back and forth about yeah. you know the fiend maybe or this, but my point is that, that you can make that discussion right now. And you couldn't five years ago. You couldn't ten years ago. You can make him the top seven, though. Like, for sure. Randy Orton, I think, was always very great on the mic. I felt like he was always convincing as a heel and so on and so forth. Like, I'm saying top seven because keep in mind, guys, also 10 years ago, there was a lot more wrestlers around. um, Well, they defined their roles a lot more. It wasn't everybody's a tweener. Right. But my point still being, 10 years ago, you say top seven. Right now, you could argue top. Period. Yeah, the That's... only the only person who even remotely touches him on top heel right now is Roman. Mm-hmm. And that and that's just mostly because it's so fresh right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. We don't know months, that Roman's going to be a great heel for a long time. Mm-hmm. We know that he's a great heel now. Right now. That, right. that was very entertaining right now. But for the last six months to a year, maybe even two years, because it goes back to the whole Kofi feud. For the last two years, Randy Orton has been the top heel. As hateable as they come. As hateable as they come. And that's that's a star in WWE terms, right? Either you're the top face or you're the top heel. 
Um, that's where you're the star. Now, again, going back to Attitude Era, they had multiple tops that that allowed them to do it. You know, you had Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker. You even could argue Mankind in there as and at the if you top. And you want to talk heel? The top heel during that era, hands down, is Triple H. Mm-hmm. And he still got cheered at some points, but you wanted to tune in to watch Triple H get his ass handed to mm-hmm. Right. Oh my God, the Undertaker and Triple H. Oh, they're gonna meet. They're they're gonna meet in the ring and they're gonna have a contract signing, and and maybe somebody will go through that. a table. Now you know somebody's going through a table, but then you thought maybe somebody will go through a table. <laughs> so that's why I say, and I'll stand by it. That uh, no, even though he's a multi-time, thirteen-time champion, um, even though he's been in some of the bigger feuds, I'm repeating it again: Randy Orton has never been as big of a star as he is right now in WWE. Now that said, WWE intentionally tries to prevent people from becoming stars because John Cena, <laughs> because yeah. The Rock, because Stone Cold, because. Not Triple H, but because all these people. And keep in mind, thing right? the closest thing we're going to get to a movie star. Well, of course, the Miz because he's an A-lister. But <laughs> separating the Miz as the A-lister, the closest thing we're going to get to a movie star long term is probably Roman. And mm-hmm. I won't watch that movie. Nope. Not because okay. WWE ruined it, but because uh, I'm not that intrigued by Roman. Roman was. I, and I was disgusted. I would ah. love to see. I would love to see uh, uh, Drew McIntyre come in as Super Shredder. <laughs> I, I I didn't have a problem with Roman in Fast Eight, whichever one it was. Fast Twenty Four. I don't know. Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, that one. Um, if if only because his part was actually really small. No, that's it. I was just kind of teasing. It was good because it was the whole Samoan thing, and it's the Rock went there. Yeah, yeah. It was but fun. but here here's why Roman will never be a movie star is because the Rock he doesn't have the charisma yeah. that the it's Rock. A promo, bud. You should learn to cut one. Yeah, that's why he will never be good as a movie star. Yep, you're you're not the guy. You're just a guy. You know. Uh, and that's the deal. I mean, that's why we're going to see John Cena take off as a movie star. Like, I'm not saying he hasn't already, but within this next 10 years, John Cena will be up there. The yeah, the he's the next The Rock, you know, because he's got charisma. He's got skills. So um, a lot of shitty movies under his belt, too, though. Ugh. He so does. Did the Rock. So did The Rock. So does The Rock. Did you ever, did you ever see Scorpion King? You ever see Tooth Fairy? Yeah. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Tooth Fairy's fantastic. <laughs> I just had that that um oh what what was the movie? Game plan? The one where he's the football player who finds out he's a father of a like six year old oh, or yeah. something like that. I had yeah. that on at work the other day. And then Not they good. followed it up with like uh <laughs> it was one of those where I was like, Oh crap, gotta change the channel because there's customers coming in. Um, because it went from like that to Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm biting my finger right now to see it. So. It's just it's that's a train wreck of a like family friendly, not family friendly. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, it's just giving you a taste of reality. 
if your reality is 80s era Wall Street shenanigans with hookers and cocaine. Well, I would like to congratulate us on throwing in a little mini WBU at the end of FBI. <laughs> I forgot yeah. we're still doing the regular podcast and not doing our after podcast <laughs> conversation. So let's uh, do the plugs. Let's get out of here. Let's uh, on that note, do stuff like that on other times. So, um, yes, uh, earlier we mentioned the Patreon. We're going to be uh, recording, or maybe we already have recorded the review of uh, uh, Starcade 89 Future Shock. Which led us to the Shocker a couple years later, and then the Future Shock DDT, done by your current WWE champion. So that's what they should bring it back just for that an entire show based around Drew McIntyre's Future Shock DDT. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Um, but that's going to be up on our Patreon here soon. Patreon.com slash Raw and Order WBU. Um, so you can go and support us there and get access to it. We are, we have heard your cries. We are uh, updating the the uh, sponsorship levels. Uh, some people felt like there were too many options and, and it was confusing and all that stuff. So we're going to simplify it down. There's going to be one level. Uno level to support us gets you access to all the perks that we're going to have. And that's just, just $3 a month. And you can buy your own shirt. And you can get your own damn shirt. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can get your own shirt at shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. Ta-da! <laughs> Both plugs in one. Boom. It makes me think that I might wear a not a cop shirt tomorrow. Yeah. Sounds like a great day to wear not a cop. Um, you can follow uh. us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at At the same link I told you earlier at DA Vincent K Fabe, and I still probably won't read it, but you can still make fun of me all you want, and Smarks will definitely read anytime you make fun of me on the air so that I know that I got made fun of. Everyone just needs to go there and just spam him with with making fun of insults. You know, I still get notifications that I have that people hit me up on Twitter or tag me in something on Twitter. And so the funny thing would be just for my phone to light up tomorrow and me go, guess I got to get on Twitter. Shut up. Day long. <laughs> you can also follow JLB at JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8. Um, I also got an Insta at Real Talk Radio Online, which is also a good segue to my website that I never update realtalkradio.online and um, anchor.fm slash RTR, where you can find all the streams there as well. And that's how the cookie crumbles. Uh, you can also go to gosh, our website. Like salesperson that I used to work with. <laughs> Maybe I am the salesperson you used to work oh, with. Oh, God. No, you're not. You have way too much personality for that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can also find our Wix site in the pinned tweet on my Twitter or in the doobly-doos for this very podcast. There you can find all the different ways to listen to us. You can uh, listen to the show right there. Um, all of that stuff there. We mentioned the merch shop. We mentioned the Patreon.com. So that's going to be Twitch. about it. Yeah, well, tw- Twitch. No, we don't have a Twitch. Um, oh, wait. What, we have, we have a Discord Wix. server. Wix. Yeah, we have the Wix app, yeah. You can go on the Wix app and talk to us there. 
Um, if you uh, become a patron on patreon.com, we have a Discord server. You can hop on there and chat with us directly. Um, so a lot of great stuff there. But on that, we're going to close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. And we will be back later with uh, WBU.